Thanks for listening. The following is an audio presentation from High Country Christian Church. For more information, please visit www.highcountrychristian.com. speaks, I just want to share a verse that God gave me during worship, and um, to the point that was made earlier, God's presence is in this house, and the verse that he reminded me of is the woman with the issue of blood, and if you don't know that story, what it says is that Jesus was walking through the crowd, so his presence was going through the crowd, right, and it was thronging him, so if you picture Elvis and you picture the Beatles, it was like people couldn't get close to him, but this is what's amazing, nobody got healed until she touched the hem of his garment. So you can be in God's presence and you can be here, but you have to reach out to touch his presence and have an expectation that he's going to heal you. Now, I know the word that's coming today, and I can tell you that the enemy does come to steal and kill and destroy the word that's coming forth. So I want you to think about these things. When she went through that crowd, she could have gotten stoned for being there because she had an issue of blood for 12 years. You weren't allowed to be in public with an issue of blood, but she pressed through her flesh. She pressed through her fear. She pressed through her shame. She pressed through what other people were gonna think. She pressed through what if it doesn't work again. So I don't know what you have to press through this morning, but I'm saying press through because it did work, and a miracle did happen. And it wasn't like God sought her out. He literally turned around and said, who touched me? So today, reach out with your faith. Touch the hem of his garment. Press through whatever it is. Tell the enemy to shut up and be quiet, because God's got something for you today, and we need you. We need what's inside of you. So press through it. Get through it. But God is going to do a miracle for you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hey, that was good. Um, Praise God. So before I actually get into the ministry of the word, let me just say to you guys, uh, what a joy it is to watch the maturity that happens within believers. Watch what is going on in your midst, in your church. Uh, watch the hand of Jesus. You know, the local church is needed more today than ever. And even things that we've encountered over the last 18 months to almost two years do not in any way stretch think that that is just a social or a medical issue. There are spiritual issues at the core of this. And you have to be aware of it. Jesus Christ said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it here's the thought there was no church when Jesus said that when Jesus made that utterance to the disciples it shook everybody's mind because the word church had never been used in the whole Bible ever one time that's the first time what was Jesus referring to the day that you and I are living in right now I will build something And I need you to know, Jesus is saying, all of the assignment of the enemy will not keep this from being built. So then the question has to go, why is Jesus so interested in doing that? When, if you look at America, other nations, it's there, but I I can tell you, 
I've done meetings where I've had to do Zoom meetings that are in other nations, and they're not supposed to be gathering together, and you're shocked at the volume of people that are out there. They're so hungry. You're shocked at how long when you find out it took them to travel there, to be involved in a 35-minute or 40-minute message? Really? They did that. What is it that they're aware of? What is it that's so important to them? I remember getting things back within days just saying, you're never going to believe what has happened. So, well, please tell me. There was a woman demonically possessed. You got to praying at the end. Our eyes witnessed with our eyes her change like that. You never touched her. You didn't call her name out. You didn't even know that she was there. But under the ministry of the word and you referring that the devil will try to hinder people. And then you spoke and you said, no, this is your time to be free. And she... And we watched it. How does that happen? It's not a Ron Yutzi and it's not a gathering. It's a living Jesus that's, that, that is doing something. Jesus Christ is doing something today in the earth. And he said before he ever left this earth what it is that he's going to do before he returns. He's building a church. Why? Why is that important to him? Because the church is his body who is sharing his love and his message in this world. There's a lot of filters out there and every one of you know. If you've got filters in your home for water, you've got air filters, whatever, you know why the, the filter is there. Because there are pollutants and contaminants that are out in the air or in the water, and the filter is there to stop them from getting in so that you don't digest it. I am telling you, the church today needs to have the message of a living Christ because it is the filter from the pollutants out in the world, even religious pollutants and contaminants. That if they get into our heart, if they get into our eyes and ears, and you will hear them on a regular basis. They are contaminants. They are pollutants. You say, why? Because they pull people away from Christ. They are fearful, and they literally wait for something to change in the environment before they either go back to church, before they fellowship with God, before they say, well, when this is, that's what they'll do. And you're going, well, wait a minute. Jesus said he was already building something. Why in the world would we, why in the world, why would we allow that? We're here. To be a filter that helps those contaminants to those that are literally being oppressed by them. Now you say, well, get real. Folks, I can't be more real. If Jesus Christ himself can't save somebody who doesn't know him, who's blinded. If Jesus Christ can't heal somebody that's got a virus. If Jesus Christ can't deliver somebody today that is demonically oppressed, or let's say this, a pollutant has gotten into their thoughts, into their heart, right? If he can't do that, you and I are wasting a lot of time here. Either this is a social club, or it is truly the living body of a Christ who is seeking to do something. And I say that to you to applaud you because something is happening at Hope Church and in Boone, North Carolina, that not any of us in ourselves can say we had something to do with it. All we did was yield to the work of a living Christ. I applaud you, Pastor Josh and Brianne, and every one of you, don't quit and don't give up. Your best days are ahead of you. Amen. That's a good place to say amen and thank God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, so we're going to start, and Sean, we're going to do that. We're going to start the ministry of the Word, and I want to pray because I kind of led into this, but I'm going to share something with you that here's what I know. I had, what is this? This is 2021, right? I had an encounter with the Lord 31 years ago. 
that changed my life. The reason I just said what I said is Jesus said that to me. I said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And said to me, Ron, that was a prophetic utterance. There was no church when I made that statement. There was none. He said, research the scriptures. That's what you're supposed to do. The church wasn't born till after I was risen from the dead. That's Acts chapter 2. There was no church. He said, don't ever ask me what I am doing in the earth. I told you what I was going to do before I left. If you will live your life advancing my work in the local church and seek to build it up, I'll bless you all the days of your life. But don't get distracted. Know what I'm doing. And I went, well, I remember calling my father, my dad, Hilton Sutton, who ordained Kenneth Copeland. I've had a great heritage. I'm grateful for that. And I said, hey, Dad, i got to ask you a question. And I never told him about my encounter. I just said, you know, um, I'm meditating in Matthew chapter 16, and Jesus said he was going to build his church. And I kind of looked at that as a temple. You know, they, they went to the temple. They prayed. I kind of looked at that. And I said, you know, I'm thinking that that was a prophetic utterance. There was no church. And he goes, yes. Yes, that would be accurate. And I remember just writing down that and thinking, wow, it reshaped how I view church, what the church is, because there is a Christ alive right now who sees what's going on here, and he knows what he put in every one of you. You who are here today, this is no coincidence that God guided you here. It's not a coincidence that you have come to a service. I know people go, we visit, we we do not give the credit to Christ like we ought to in so many cases. Some of these are not coincidences of circumstances. They are divine intersections that have been intended by the master to do something in the earth to impact a community. Because remember, what he's doing both in us and through us isn't for us. It's for people that are out in this community, people that are not here right now. It's for them or for you to help you grow in your relationship with him. For what, though? Just to be joyful while you're on the earth? Now, he would love to have you that, but you can experience that by going to heaven. There's a reason that the body of Christ is here today, and it's because there are people that are blinded that he wants to give sight to, and I mean spiritually. There are people that are hurting that he wants to be able to give them hope, right? And you and I become his extension in this earth just like he did when he came the first time. Now he's got a spiritual body called the church that's in the earth that is here to do his will to help other people. This is not a religious experiment nor is this a religious experience today. What this is, is it's time for us to sit at the feet of the master and let him speak to us. Can we do that? Lord Jesus, we acknowledge your presence. You're alive. I'm honored that I'm here today. Lord, this is uh, not a coincidence of circumstances, this uh, service, this meeting, even those watching online. This is not a coincidence of circumstance. This is a divine intersection. You intend to say something because you are already at work doing something. Help us hear what you have to say and touch our eyes to see what you are doing. Remove any clouds, and Lord, help us to put the proper filters in place that remove any pollutants or contaminants that hinder us or obstruct our view, that we get a clear vision of what it is you're doing, and we clearly hear the voice of the one who says, this is the way, walk in it. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Hallelujah. If you have your Bible today, I want you to turn to a unique verse of Scripture. I will share it with you. It's Isaiah 65, 
Verse 8, you may have never read Isaiah 65 in your entire life. Uh, I'm going to give you uh, a, one verse from Isaiah 65. It's verse 8. Isaiah 65 is a very interesting passage because God speaks in the beginning of Isaiah 65 to the Jewish people, and he's saying, you guys, I mean, you, you don't follow me, you don't press into me, I mean, you wander, you worship other gods. He said, even those now, that, and gave a quote to them, that there'll be a people that'll come after me that I didn't even press after. They came after me. And he was talking about the Gentiles. It's interesting how Paul, in Romans chapter 10, quotes from Isaiah chapter 65 in the beginning of the verse but as he, as god is speaking to his children and he's saying to them how come there's this group that presses toward me that i you know i, I didn't even reach out to it to you i'm reaching out to you and you're not reaching back to me you're going after other gods and other idols and then god gives them this verse right here isaiah 65 verse 80 says thus says the lord as the new wine is found in the cluster and one says, do not destroy it, for a blessing is in it. So will I do for my servant's sake, that I may not destroy them all. Interesting passage. Now, God's not wanting to destroy his people. I want you to hear the verse. God is speaking to them about new wine and the process of new wine. He says, I want to help you with something. There is new wine that is about to come. Jesus talked about that new wine, didn't he? Book of Acts chapter 2 reveals that new wine. Jesus, see, the comparison is, is there's a people that are pressing toward me. I didn't go after, but I'm going after you. And you're not responding. You're running after the world. He said, but I want you to know something. There's new wine that's about to come. And this new wine is a blessing. It's not something that you should resist. You shouldn't repel it. You don't need to be afraid of it. There's new wine that's going to come. And there's one who sees it. He's talking about himself, meaning God. He sees this new wine, and he says there's a blessing in it. And the reason for the blessing in this is this is so that you're not destroyed, which means if you continue to go the way of the world, go after other gods, this is going to harm you. I'm bringing a blessing to you. I want to share something with you, and if I can, my wife, uh, I brought this as an illustration here. And this is really cool because uh, this illustration here is, um, I, I brought these because uh, these are what clusters are, right? And he says there's, there's new wine in the cluster. Oh, this is a good one, right? Right? There's new wine in the cluster. He didn't say that new wine comes from a grape. There's a reason. You squish this, you have a mess. You want wine, you're going to have to preserve this. And many, many more like it, right? God is revealing something here, and I want to share it with you. And as you may know, I mean, you know, I, I lead Mary the Vision. I told you about that encounter I had with the Lord. He gave me that, said that to me. Mary my vision after he gave me Matthew 16. Pointed and directed me to Ephesians where he said, you say, and he talked to me about things that I did say, of which I did say those things. He said, but I said, this is what I revealed. This is, you see, there is a building today of the church. And the church isn't a group of bricks or bones or members. The church is revealed in the canon of the New Testament in two areas. And you will see them clear. 
you'll look at your New Testament very differently. Number one, the church is revealed as the household of God. This building or any house cannot be built with a brick, a window, a door. No, that, those are just pieces, like a grape. That's all they are. Those pieces have to be assembled based on somebody's blueprint, somebody's vision. Because there's a purpose for the house. There's a purpose for the building, see? And, and once it's together, we don't walk in and say, hey, we're going to go into the door that, that, that has glass, that has windows. That We don't say that. We just call it, it's a building. But the building had somebody that had to construct it with a lot of pieces, but all those pieces couldn't lay here on the ground and be called the building. The only way it becomes the building is when the pieces are yielded to a plan and they connect with each other. That's a house. The Bible also reveals the, the, the church as the body of Christ, just like my body here. It's got a lot of parts to it. It's got organ, it's got skin, it's got muscle, it's got bones, it's got a lot of it. But unless they're connected together, it isn't a body. It's a part. And, and, and what's unique, the way that God made the parts is if you disconnect a part, just pull, pull, pull the pinky out and think, well, I don't use that very often. We're just, we're just going to cut that off. And we're, you know, the minute you do that, the pinky begins to decay because the life of the pinky is based on its connection to the rest of the body. The other thing it does is it hinders the body in a function that even if you didn't think it was important, it had a reason. See, they're all supposed to be connected together. So the New Testament reveals the church that Jesus is building according to his plan, his vision. He's building it for a purpose. And he pulls the parts together to connect them, not to isolate them. There's not really a lot of power in the isolation of a brick or a window or a body part or a grape. See, there is a strategic plan of the enemy to isolate, separate, divert, and don't connect. There's a reason for that. Remember, Jesus said, I will Build. I'm building something, and this building is the church, which I revealed the church as the body of Christ. I've revealed the church as the house of God, and all of these have many parts to them, but they have to intersect with each other and not just intersect where they assemble in a building. They connect with each other based on a vision that I have. They hear my voice. They assemble together because if they highlight their individual personalities and uniqueness while I gave that to them, that is not the plan. The plan was I gave them their individual uniqueness to connect them into a building or a body so that that uniqueness can be used to enhance what I'm doing in the body. Oh, that's a great place to say amen. So I'm going to talk to you this morning about marrying the vision of Jesus and understanding this. You're going to uh, remember this because I'm going to say, what's with the grapes? I mean, really, God says, hey, if you don't understand this concept, you're going to get destroyed. I don't want you to be destroyed. You're already running out after other gods. And yet there's a people that are pressing into me that I didn't even go after. And Paul goes back to Isaiah 65 and Romans 10 and writes and, and shares with the Jews, hey, I need you to know something. This is fulfilled. These people, they've become a nation. They're part of this body. They've been engrafted in. God brought them in. So what's with the grape then? 
I mean, he said there's a blessing in it. What's with the cluster? What is with this? What does it mean to God? And why did he use that in this comparison of these two groups, one chasing him that he didn't go chasing after, and another one that he is chasing after that doesn't seem to press into him? And he says, as the new wine's found, there's a new wine that's coming, folks. And as the new wine is found where? In the cluster. And one says, and God's the one, one says, don't destroy the cluster. Don't destroy it. Why? There's a blessing in it. You want to be connected to the cluster. You don't want to be disconnected. You don't want to isolate yourself from this because there's something special that's happening and that will occur in that cluster because I, the one with the vision who sees the new wine, I see it for more than just a group of grapes. I see the juice that's within the cluster, and that will produce new wine. So let's talk about it. What does the cluster actually, what does it speak of? First of all, it speaks prophetically of new wine. New wine. What was new wine? Jesus said new wine was the new birth. Jesus also described the new wine as the ministry of the Holy Spirit that would fill a believer, the new birth, right? We had to have a new vessel. Because if we use an old one and give it new wine, it's going to bust. It's going to break, right? So we got to have a, a new container that what? That can expand. That's elastic. That'll work with the new wine I'm going to put in there. Why? Because the new wine's alive. It breathes. And if it doesn't have the breath, it's going to break and spill out. And then what? Then the whole purpose for the new wine is lost. We don't need that. The new wine speaks prophetically of Hope Church for a future blessing beyond where you are today. How long will it be? Years? Not months. Years. Why? Because there's hundreds more that are not here. There's people watching that are not here yet. I know you're watching, but you're, you're, you may not be connected. See, I'm not talking about an isolated grape. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the connection to a cluster. Let me help you with this. The word cluster actually means to congregate. It's interesting. We get our word today, congregation, from this word. Because think about it. What does it mean? To congregate means we take many of the same and attach them together. That's what a cluster is. See, these are grapes, but this is not called a grape. This is called a grape. This is called a cluster. God's word did not say the new wine's in a grape. Now, there's juice in the grape, but the new wine ain't in a grape. You see? And he says, don't destroy the cluster. Don't destroy it. Why? There's a blessing in this. I, I want to do something. See, because I get new wine so that it can be poured out. What else? The, the, the new wine is not only speaking prophetically about the blessing of God. It speaks of the church. To congregate, many of the same, we're the body of Christ, right? We are the house of God. He fits us and knits us together. But not only does he just do that, then he calls us, we see it in Hebrews 10, then he calls us to actually gather together. As a matter of fact, Hebrews 10, verse 24 and 25, it talks about how we're supposed to be encouraging and stirring up within each other love and good works, Right? And how do we do this? Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves. How? Together as the manner of some is. And he says, and as you sense the day of his appearing, 
getting closer, you're actually together, together, more, not less. Remember I said earlier, we have too many filters that are not helping us in understanding God's plan. We allow filters that actually, now hear me, I'm, I'm, don't, 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 hear, don't hear the wrong thing. When I say filters, I'm talking about there's people that spend more time watching the news than they read their Bible. They'll spend more time listening to somebody who's fearful than they do listening to the voice of hope that's in the scripture. Now, we need to take all precautionary measures. Do not misunderstand. I, I am encouraging that, but not at the expense of the church isolating themselves from their call. Not at the expense of letting a living Christ flow through them to help those that are hurting. If that happens, we've got the wrong filter. We've put a filter on the master. I don't need that. He doesn't need a filter. We need to put filters on the pollutants and the contaminants that keep us apart, that highlight a grape instead of a cluster. There's not wine in a grape. I don't care how you want to slice that pie. It is always going to come out to be the same. We've allowed personal preferences and ideologies to hinder us in allowing a living Jesus to flow through his body like he wants to. There was no Red Sea that ever happened until they had a problem. I'm bringing you out to bring you in. I heard you. I'm bringing you out. What happens? Now we get to the Red Sea, and now we got an army behind us. That's when God showed himself strong. The woman with the issue of blood did not receive her miracles until she had to press through the challenge. The woman with the issue of blood in Mark chapter 5 and the man with the withered hand in Mark chapter 3, both of them, were supposed to be in quarantined situations. Why? By law. By law. It was a quarantine situation. That's why she was afraid. Twelve years, issue of blood. This wasn't a woman just with his, her menstrual cycle. Don't, don't get this mistaken. She carried it for 12 years. Leviticus reveals, if you are in this problem, you cannot. That's why when Denise said what she said, you're not to be in a public place. You're not to be, to be pressing through. The reason she was afraid is because the law quarantined her. She knew that and so did the people. Does it remind you of anything going on today? The man with the withered hand, it was leprosy. Leprosy had colonies. They weren't allowed, nor were they permitted to actually function in the cities. They had their own areas. They were quarantined. Why? Because both of those diseases were spreadable. They would have impacted other people. And what did Jesus do? No wonder why the religious leaders, when the man with the withered hand comes into the house of God and Jesus says, step up, stand forward. And it says they were looking to trap him. Why? Because he's not supposed to be here. And what are you going to do? I mean, you got two boo-boos against you right now, Christ, which they didn't call him that. Number one, this is the Sabbath day. What are you doing doing here? And let's see if he... And number two, who's the... this guy's not supposed to be here. And what did Jesus do? The miracle didn't take place until the man obeyed and he said, stretch out your hand. Folks, let me tell you something. There was no hand. It was withered. Withered means it was eaten up. It was wrapped. Jesus didn't ask him to stretch out the one that was whole. He said, stretch out the one that's withered. Stretch it out. Why? You're going to have to press through something to get to me. The new wine's in the cluster. You see, you got to press through. Remember, there was a people that pressed to me that I didn't press to, and they came to me. Then there's ones that I constantly keep reaching out to, and they're going to the world. What's the matter? And he nestles this verse right in here that Paul uses this 
to bring over into Romans to say, hey, this group is a part of the church. It's the Gentiles. And he's reaching out to the Jews to say, folks, my God, you got to reach out, receive him. Don't reject him. Press into him. Withered hand. What he had to do? He had to stretch it. The woman with the issue of blood had to press through a crowd. Both of them were supposed to be quarantined and they had to press through something and Jesus Christ did not. Remember, he's the lawgiver. He didn't say, hey lady, go back home. When it comes time, I'll come visit you. He didn't say that. He didn't even know she touched him. He didn't say to the wither, hey, what are you doing here? Hey, we'll have a private meeting. You go back to your, you go back to your colony and I'll come visit you. He never said that. He never said that. See, the church is called to go ye into all the world wasn't called to just get sit sit wherever you're comfortable and just pray that God will invade the world with his power he wants to invade it through us we're his body in the earth as the new wine is found in the cluster so it speaks prophetically of new wine a fresh thing that God wants to do a future blessing it illustrates and and it shows us the church of the living God and that new wine has to be seen with somebody with vision you can't just see a grape you got to see the wine. The wine isn't in a grape. There's juice in every grape. Every one of us carry juice. What I mean by that is divine gifting. We all do. Every one of you that are in this room have a uniqueness. God made you, and he put a gift inside of you. But for what reason? Why? Now, granted, you may be using it to enhance the community, and that's a good thing. But one of the number one reasons he gave it to you was to enhance his work in his body, the church, you see. And you can't do that when you're isolated. It's hard. How do you do that? Because we have to labor together. We got to work together. We worship together. We serve together. We penetrate a community together. Even though we don't all do it at the same time, we've got to be united or marry the vision of Jesus Christ for Boone, for this area, right? His heart beats more for it than yours or mine ever will. But he wants us to come together to pour out new wine on this community. How's that going to happen? How's it going to happen? Here's how. You ready? There's only one way you get wine out of a cluster. Anybody got an idea how you do it? You got to press it together. You don't isolate it and pull it apart. You press them together. That's how new wine comes out of a cluster. See, the strategy of the enemy is isolate and pull it apart. Separate it. The strategy of the king is, no, we don't do that because then we highlight a grape. You can't, you can't get wine out of a grape. You get them out of a cluster. You got to press it together. You got to press it together. Which means I got to interact with people that I might not even like their personality. They may not like mine. But Jesus didn't give me an option. Why? Because their gifting is needed. You may not be a window. You may be a door. And they're both needed in a house. Right? They have a place. You can't criticize one or the other. They're both needed. But if you put a window where the door's supposed to be, and you put a door where the window's supposed to be, you got trouble right? You're going to inconvenience everybody in the house. But just because they're different doesn't mean they don't work together in the same plan. They do. So in other words, what happens is when we get to this cluster state where it's pressed together, 
It stretches me, meaning it stretches me because what do we do when we press it together? We got to get beyond the skin and get to the juice inside. I, I got I to press the vision that God gives is that that vision presses me through my comfort zone. It presses me through my own flesh. It presses me through my own intimidations, my insecurities. To do what? It presses me through that and presses me into something else. See, I got to press through something to press into something else. Other than that, if I don't press through it, it stays like that. So then they're grapes. They're a cluster. See, I, I got to press through something. I got to interact. I got to actually connect. We got to literally like pray together. No matter what race, no matter what color, no matter what age, no matter what your religious background, we can unite around praying for our community, right? We can unite in worshiping the king no matter how old you are, no matter what style of music you like, no matter how long you've been in the church, no matter what kind of clothes that you put on, right? We can still come together and worship the king. See, there's a vision that presses us together, but what will happen in the pressing stage is the vision is what presses us. Because one says, don't destroy the cluster. Who's the one? God. And it's the vision that sees the wine in the cluster that presses. Why? Because the skin, the comfort zone, it's protective armor, so to speak, to get the juice that's on the inside that was intended not for individual consumption of personal preference. I got to press it with other juicy people. Because the wine is comprised of all the juicy people, not one, right? Even though they're all the same, they all don't have the idea, right? They got to they press together. How do you then destroy a cluster of grapes? How would you destroy it? Here's how. You destroy a cluster of grapes, watch, just by doing this. Want a grape? Here. They're really good. Take them. We can keep this up all day. Yeah. Right? Want a grape? How do you destroy? How do you destroy the cluster? How do you destroy the new wine? Here's how. Ready? Have another one. Take it. Yeah, it's good. Take it. Isn't that good? Yeah. Yeah. We can keep going, right? And pretty soon, you know what happens? We lose the cluster. Now we got grapes and we've enjoyed them. Man, we can eat them. They make jelly. There's other right. I mean, there's, but I can't get new wine out of it. God says, and there is one who says, there's a blessing in it. So I won't destroy you. He wasn't seeking to destroy them by saying, I'm going to eradicate you. He was saying, you're already being destroyed because you're running after other gods. You're listening to the pollutants that are in this world. That's what you're doing. And I'm running after you and you're not. And there's a group of people over here that are running after me that I didn't chase after. I didn't call out to, but they're coming to me. What were they doing? They were pressing. They were pressing. You see, there's got to be a pressing stage because the new wine is destroyed, there's only two ways you destroy actually wine within a cluster. Number one, you destroy it when the juice ripens and you leave it on the cluster without pressing it. Because then what happens is, is that if you don't press it at the right season, you've all heard the, the phrase, right? Sour grapes. Because the juice sours. And when it sours, what does that mean? Well, that means that it could be just as a result of, well, it was procrastination. You know, we're just afraid of what people think. And, you know, what is the community? What will they think? I mean, after all, you know, you're hearing what they're saying. Okay, all right. So we procrastinate or we just neglect. There are people that even before all this stuff went on with COVID, 
They still didn't come to church. They weren't part of the house of God. Oh, they're a believer. They love God. Um, wait a minute. They're, they're a grave. But, but they're not part of a cluster. I mean, they are, but they're, they're not intersecting with others, see? It, it, it's the personal preference. It's, it's what I like. See, it's what I like. Well, I can like a grape too, but I'm never going to get new wine. God's promise and, and word to them prophetically wasn't about enjoying the, the grape that you could eat. He was talking about new wine that was needed. And that new wine, the New Testament, has revealed us the power of the living Christ and the Holy Spirit that can literally reshape thinking, can literally bring healing to bodies that are diseased, can bring deliverance from demonic oppression. See, that's what we need, right? Other than that, we're just a social club that, that has a nice idea getting together, right? And we can encourage each other, and that's good, but there's got to be something that we run into problems. There's got to be when there's red seas in front of us, armies behind us, there has to be a power that's greater than ours that overcomes that. So when Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not, will not, will not be able to prevent what I'm doing. Jesus Christ wants to reach Boone, and the reality is he is going to have a successful reach. The question is, will you be part of it? If I choose to isolate myself from that, he will love you. You will love him. But you might not be a part of something that's amazing, the spilling over of new wine that helps people. How do you destroy a cluster? You destroy it by letting the juice inside of it just sit there too long. In other words, the one that's got vision realizes, okay, now it's time to press. Now let me tell you, just kind of practically as a church, You'll have to get pressed many times. You know, when you hit the hundred stage, you'll get pressed. When you hit the couple hundred stage and you're into multiple services, it's going to be pressed. Why pressed? Well, because God's doing something. It's like, do I have to go to two services? Really? Do I have to? Do yes. I press. Well, I mean, they're asking for more volunteers. Really? I mean, oh, I go to one service and then volunteer. Oh, my God. What is that? Pressing. See, I got to get beyond my comfort zone. I got to get beyond it. I got to get beyond it. I was privileged to lead a church in Olean, New York, where the uh, average you know, person working there made $35,000 a year. You should know enough. That's not a lot of money. How do you build a multi-million dollar church debt-free with that? I had no idea. We kept growing. Man, we're in a couple hundred people in a service, and I got to go to another service, and I got to go to another service on Saturday night. And the church comes to me and says, Pastor, we got to go to four services. I literally said, Shoot me. Shoot me. You got to be kidding. I got to do this four times? Oh, really? Oh my gosh. Come on. I said, So we're just going to, we're going to build a building. Well, we can't afford to build a building. That's We can't afford to build a building. Well, I tell you, I, I didn't put us in this problem. God did. And I said, I, did. I didn't do this. He did. I mean, they're coming for a reason. I mean, you know, I, I mean, there's something they must be, they're getting out of it, and it's, got, it's beyond me. I mean, they're, they're coming. So what do we do? God put us in this? Okay, God, you got to do something. In three years, um, it's still there to this day. Matter of fact, churches have spawned out from that. Was done debt-free. I mean, multi-millions of dollars came in in a, just a, a few years. It got the attention of the Chamber of Commerce who called me on the phone and said, would you speak to our group because we've been trying to build something in the community for years that's far less money than what you guys did. And man, we just can't seem to get it. And, and, and the people who are part of us, they're all like business people. I, I mean, you got business. But they started calling us the rich church after the church got built and they saw it, you know, and it was just, no, what happened? They pressed financially. 
thing. Whatever the pressing is, it's got to get beyond the flesh. It's got to get beyond the comfort zone. To do what? To take something that's more important or more valuable, which is would be the cause of Christ. How, what's another way that we destroy a cluster? Isolate the grape. Just isolate it. It can still be valuable in the fact that it's, it's for individual consumption. But the minute you isolate it from the cluster, you begin to deteriorate the potential of new wine that exists. Why is that? Because the gifted, all of us, we all have our own unique giftings. All of us. I mean, I'm called to preach. There's certain things you don't want me to do. Get me back there on their, on the, uh, uh, to do any of the video stuff that they're doing. Oh my gosh, I'll be a disaster. I got a hard enough time trying to figure out which wire goes where, right? Much less have to, no, I can't do that. There are some of you that are superior in your business savvy. The grace of God, for what reason? Because God is enabling you to know how to build business, you can help build people for the kingdom of God. I'll tell you what, when I was pastoring as a small, uh, we, 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 our small groups grew. And when we started, we had just a handful. By the time we got to the point where we built that new facility, most of my small group leaders were successful business professionals. That wasn't by my choice or design going after, hey, would you do that? What ended up happening is we just gave people a platform. We just kept saying, whatever your gift is, if that's your gift and you know how to grow a business, I used to say, help us grow people. Help us grow a church. Help us. Help us. I, I, I'm not asking for your money. Help us to grow people. Help us to grow this. I mean, your success, help, help me. All of a sudden, boom, 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 boom. I mean, my wife would know. I mean, the mayor would every couple of months would call me and say, all right, when are we going to do our lunch, you know, so we can, I can get my one-on-one, -on -one, you know, we can talk, you know, it's kind of getting big in there, you know, <laughs> it's like, okay, we can, you know, it's amazing what ends up happening. Why is that? Because no matter where you are in this life, if you're a Christian, you can be an athlete, you could be a coach, you could be a business professional, you could be a housewife, you could be a hard-working, blue-collar working man that's working multiple hours, you could be a college student, no matter where you are. If there's juice inside of you, you didn't put it in there, Jesus did, and he sees your value, and there's a reason why he brought you here. There is something that he needs of you to do. There is not just you to get ministered to, there's a contribution that you have that makes us better. We've got to be able to find that and utilize it and the only way we do it is by pressing it together. But the strategy of the enemy is to isolate the grape. Pull it apart. What are ways to isolate? I just wrote a few down. How about this? What about pressing through that isolation that seeks to separate or withdraw from others? To press into an actual interaction with the body. Where I, I, I'm intentional to build community, fellowship, body life, culture. Not somebody else's responsibility. What if I choose to do it? What if I press through the insecurities that cause me to have apprehensions, right? But I press through the insecurities with a willingness to trust the purposes of God. Even though I haven't, I, I trust the purposes of God. Stretch out your hand. Yeah, but it's withered, Lord. Heal it first, then I'll stretch it out. No, you don't get it. Stretch it out first. Press first. Miracle happens after. Press first. Wow, oh my gosh, it's whole like the other. Okay, that's what Jesus, I got to press through the insecurities and the fear to do what? To trust, to trust God, truly trust him. Not recite verses alone, trust the God behind those verses. 
What if I press through that critical or cynical eye, right, that becomes judgmental? And rather than do that, I press in to recognize that everybody has a strength. And I'm going to extend grace for people's weaknesses, not a critical eye, not a judgment toward them. What if, what if I press through highlighting the differences that I have with other people that may divide or pull me away from interacting with them? What if instead of doing that, what if I press into appreciating their uniqueness that I don't have that can help us to advance the cause of Christ in Boone, North Carolina? What if I do that? And what if I press through the hurts of the past whether it was from a church, a pastor, uh, a marriage, uh, uh, somebody, a, a leader, uh, a teacher, whoever. What if I press through the hurts of the past and press into the future that God has prepared not just for me, but for the church, where I truly can witness a restoration of all loss into new gains for the advancement of the kingdom of God? What if I do that? You say, is it possible? Possible. It's not just possible, it's probable. And the reason it is isn't because of you and I. Red Seas don't part themselves, but a living Christ can. Withers' hands can't heal themselves, but a living Christ can, right? 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 A woman with an issue of blood that all the medical science of that day could not help her for 12 years, she just touched the hem of somebody's garment, and you know what happened? Boom. She got healed of something that plagued her for 12 years. It's not about us, it's about the plan of a living Christ. And I'm asking you today, I believe God brought me here to ask you to unite with Pastor Josh and Brianne for the future, not where you are now, but for your future. Because the new wine is in the cluster. It's the future blessing. It's not where we're at right now. It's where we're going. Which means we're going to have to stretch a bit beyond our comfort zone and our thoughts relationally, right? Possibly financially, maybe with our time, our volunteering. Ask the Lord, what do you have to press through in order to press into? Because to press into something, just like a cluster, we got to get through the skin. We got to press through it to get to the juice on the inside. What do I got to press through in order to press into? Let me pray for you right now. Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful for the chance to be able to share this. And Lord, I stand, I, I'm humbled in the fact that I realize that uh, I didn't have anything to do with what you're doing here. You spoke to Josh and Brianne, you brought them here. Uh, there were many years they wrestled, they even probably wondered, Lord, are, are we doing this? Is this, are we doing this right? And I bet everybody here probably who has been here for a season uh, maybe had been burnt out in volunteering or time and just wondering, Lord, it's, it's taken slower than what we thought. I mean, my goodness gracious, when is it really going to happen? We keep hearing about it. And yet look where we are now. Look where we are now. But we're not where you want us to be in the future. There's more beyond this. So Holy Spirit, in the way that only you know how. Would you speak to the people who are watching me today? Would you speak to the people that are in this room today? Would you speak to all of us? Show us, first of all, what do I need to press through? What is it, Lord, that I got to press through? Is there anything, a personal preference that I have that's keeping me from uniting with the work of God? 
Is there something that is an agenda that I feel is more important than the corporate agenda that you're doing, Lord? What do I need to press through? And then, Lord, I ask, help us to know, what am I to press into? What am I to press into? I want to close by giving you a verse. It's in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 10. It says this. Do not say, why were the former days better than these? For you do not inquire wisely concerning this. What was Solomon saying? He was saying, when you look backward and you think there were better days behind you than what's in front of you, You can't be looking at me. You can't be looking at the plan of God. What you're saying is God's finished with me because I'm looking backward. It was so much better then. Applaud what happened back then. That's wonderful. But like Paul, keep pressing toward the future. Keep your focus future because Ecclesiastes says it's not wise to think that better days were behind you. You might say, but Ron, you don't understand how old I am. I would say, you don't understand. Is it possible that God's wisdom in you is going to reshape younger people and a generation, possibly areas in this church, that without your wisdom, they would not be able to gather it in the timing because of you not sharing or you not being there? Have you seen that? And if you're not looking at that and you just look behind you, then you'll isolate, you'll exclude yourself. Don't exclude yourself. God needs every one of you. We hope that this message inspired you and filled your heart with faith. If you would like to visit our church, check out www.highcountrychristian.com for service times and location information. Thanks again for listening to this audio presentation from High Country Christian Church, where Jesus loves you, we love you, and your life counts.